welcome to the Edition Wars podcast, where we take a deep dive into the mechanics and play styles of all of the editions of our favorite game. We look at what worked, what didn't work, what is leading to a better game, and what may be kind of questionable here in this analysis of the September 2022 1D&D playtest packet. This is part three of that analysis, where we will cover feats. We already covered the three expert classes that it talks about. Uh, in the two previous episodes. And when I say we, I mean myself and my dear co-host, Brandis. How are you today, sir? I'm well, thank you. Uh, my, my kids are on fall break, and so uh, it's a it's an exciting time here. We're trying to Sweet. make the most of a break. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, so feats. Um, as you recall, in the character origins packet, we got some feats that we already knew from the the player's handbook, right? You're, you're skilled, you're things like that, um, but not all of them by a stretch of the imagination. And there were some some new or quasi replacement ones. Um, this is finishing out the player's handbook feats, um, and um, here. Uh, it, it talks about how you might get bonus feats at 20th level as uh, post-20 advancement. Uh, this is a rule from the DMG. Uh, it's one that is pretty easy to overlook because it's buried pretty deep in the uh, reward section. Um, well, hold on, hold on. You're jumping ahead. Because there's, there's, ex- there's one express difference between these feats here compared to the feats in the 2014 player's handbook. Oh, I'll get to the, the, the differences in prereqs, I promise. Um, I was just going to note that that's a, a rule that they're bringing into this. Um, we mentioned uh, in the, the first episode that we thought they were going to be paying more attention to tier four play. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if this becomes a like player-facing piece of text, uh, then that, that might signal that very thing. Um, also, they're making the epic boons player facing, uh, which signals interest in tier four, uh, what you might almost call a tier five of play. Um, hmm. But oh, you think so? Uh, I think it signals the interest. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, as opposed to. Yeah, we can probably save all those words because no one does this thing, which was, <laughs> I'm yeah, sure that yeah, it had yeah. to be a valid alternative in someone's sure. mind. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, as you were pointing out, uh, there is also this change in presentation in the uh, uh, character origins packet. We saw a lot of things that were tagged first level feet and here we're getting a lot of fourth level feats along with a few first level feats, uh, but also the prerequisites and whether or not something is repeatable are uh, you know, called out and listed here. Um, right. A lot well, of. I, I just wanted to like uh, my whole thing was we mentioned it in the character sure. origins packet, right. About how, okay, these are level one feats. Is every feat going to have a level? And I think that question is answered now. The answer is yes. Every feat is going to have a level and there aren't though feats for second level or third level. There's just first or fourth. 
right. as, so far. Because there really isn't a clear way to get a feat at third level, and right. there's only arguably a way to get a feat at second level, and that's a bonus feat you're getting from your class, and it's right, already right. constrained. Right. But you know that feat is explicitly a first level feat. Um, so uh, just getting into the feats, uh, ability score improvement is a fourth level feat that lets you increase ability scores. Mm-hmm. You know, one score by two or two by one. This is just a re- reframing of what's already the rule, right? Uh, right? So they don't have to say, you know, ability score improvement or feat. Mm-hmm. It's a way of saying feats aren't exactly optional anymore. Right. The The thing is, though, that um, every other feat or almost every other feat that's on here also comes with an ability score increase, although not yes. two points, just one. So right. it almost makes this feel a bit weakened. I think that is certainly an available perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily disagree. Um but if you're trying to get to a certain benchmark and get there fast, then yeah, except in the substitutes, you know, they're not substantially increasing the number of feats that you get. They're slightly increasing the number of feats you get by one at first level. So you still need to, you know, spend as if you don't have a ton of feat slots. And you know, if if what you want is that eighteen or twenty in a stat or you have maybe two different odd-numbered stats you want to round out. Well, there you are, I guess. Um, I mean, I'm not. I wasn't trying to imply it's a bad thing. I was just saying yeah. that uh, if the choice before was either an ASI of two to one stat or one uh-huh. to two stats, or a feat that did not come with an ASI. Right. Then a lot of times the ASI was a better choice for yep. a lot of different builds because you, getting that bump was going to affect every skill related to that attribute and every, you know, yep. whereas now it's not as much of an enticing way to go because each of these other feats, you'll get a one point bump to something. And also you get this little packet of benefits. Right. And, and as you're saying, absolutely every. Uh, fourth level feat includes mm-hmm. one point to a stat. Uh, it's yeah, often I, I think I said I said almost because I wasn't sure if no, if that's going to be does. the way it is. Yeah. Yep. Um, it, if they're planning to break that model, we don't see it here. Right. Right. Uh, but sometimes the your stat options are constrained, and sometimes they're less constrained. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's one, maybe it's one of three. Right. Um, and then you've still got your resilient that is one and that same status which you get savings or proficiency in. Right. So if you're a fighter looking to boost your con, you know, there's no way in which resilient is for you, you don't get the other benefit. So getting into the rest of the feats, uh, I want to really point out one of the most important changes that they're making, just really critical. They're in correct alphabetical order now. <laughs> um, if you look at your player's handbook for mm-hmm. reasons surpassing understanding, um, actor and athlete. A- actor, yeah, a- actor comes after alert athlete. Right. I don't know. I, I didn't really notice it until 
minutes ago, but that was the most important thing I've ever seen. That's hilarious um, because the same exact thing happened to me when I was looking at these feats before we recorded. I was uh, like, hey, there's a where is what happened? Oh, <laughs> weird. Um, and uh, so actor uh, has had its uh, you know, exact function um, change. Uh, essentially none. Um, except that instead of being a contested check, uh, it is against a fixed DC. And that is, as we talked about last time, um, sorry, in, in the first episode on this document, mm-hmm. all about just getting rid of contested checks. They, right. they are not okay with contested checks anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is basically unchanged, so that's, except... That's a change there. The prerequisite, right? Right. There's the the prerequisite exists now. Um, mm-hmm. you, you have to have you have to have charisma to earn charisma, right? Um, and it ju- it just means that a a twelve in an ability score is uh, sort of an, a really unpleasant ground where you haven't qualified for relevant feats yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't love that. Like I kind of get the narrative that's going on there, but it frustrates me at the same time. Um, I yeah, I, it, it, I can understand the both sides, right? I like I can understand the idea of okay, well, the reason you would have the actor feat is because you're already talented naturally at something, and this just lets you really like use that to the best of its ability. Or I could see the other side of, well, I'm not really naturally talented at it, but I have learned to do this by putting resources toward it by buying that feat, basically. And so, therefore, I should be able to be good at it. My PC should be able to be good. So, I see kind of both. Right. Just um, it it feels like they're expressing a hard mechanical interest in always having a prerequisite beyond level. And I'm not sure that the game needs that in order to function. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, if someone w- wanted to play a not especially charismatic actor, like uh, on their head, be it, you know, look at what they're not getting. The the charisma uh, performance checks are not going to be great. Right. They're going to yeah. be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, it's fine, honestly. It, yeah, like, no, it's <laughs> it, it, you know, 90% of all players who ever bought this anyway already qualified with room to spare. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But what it kind of means is that other than your free ability score increase, which you could put anywhere uh, in your standard array of uh, 15, 14, 13, 12, 10, 8, uh, three of those ability scores don't meet free. Feet prereqs, you know. Uh, so it yeah it is requiring build planning. That is what I actually don't like about it. Uh, just so I've ex- said that really clearly, it requires build planning. If you have a concept you want to get to, but you don't have the ability scores for it, and we're going to see some feats like that that would apply to characters I have played, because that orc ranger I always talk about had twelve wisdom, mm-hmm. and the campaign didn't go long enough for me to find a point to spare in wisdom without sacrificing something I really cared about. 
Um, and we played to the 12th level. So, right. you know, it would have had to go even longer. Um, well, and as soon as you start putting those constraints on and you start having to go down a building path, yep. um, for me personally, it starts turning into a game I don't want to play. I, I agree. Uh, when I talk about this requires build planning just for everyone's benefit, that's just a bad thing to me. That, that's, that's a reason not to do this. Right. I, I, in part, that's because I know that it will immediately sour some of my players on it. Mm-hmm. And so I want to protect their fun. And I want right. to see the game not do things that will cause me that friction. Uh, but also, I don't enjoy it for myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I don't want to have to like step back and think about, okay, so at 12th level, I'm going to want this feat. So I need to make sure I've got 13 in this stat by then. Well, no. Right. Stop. And also, does that mean that at fourth level, you end up taking this ASI feat so that you could get the 13 in the thing that you wanted for the other feat, but you wanted, right. you know, your other high, like, like, that's what I mean by uh, when I say for me personally, it becomes a thing I don't want to do. Right. Because then it also means in most games and, and, and I don't want, maybe this won't happen, but in most games where there is a build pathway uh, to get to where you want, there's an optimal way to do that, and there's many non-optimal ways. And if you don't do the optimal way, uh, you run into the. In, in other words, the, you start now having to rely on system mastery a great uh-huh. deal. And like, I'm not into that. Like, I don't. I don't. I mean, hard same. Yeah. So hard same. Um. So so I think that I don't see the need for this, and could really do without it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I, I guess I, I, to put that another way, the narrative of giving you a point of charisma is selling. You know, this is about this feat is about charisma. To me, better than charisma as a requirement is doing. Um, so that's yeah. 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 Uh, and, and so I feel the exact same way about athlete. Just to keep us moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, which increases strength or dex or con uh, rather than just strength or dex the way uh, it did in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and the also has the prerequisite of strength or dex or con, which it did not have. True. True, true, true. Yeah. Um, and uh, instead of climbing doesn't have your speed, you instead gain a climb speed. Mm-hmm. Um, those are mostly the same thing. Yeah, they're not, yeah. they're not, perfectly the same thing i don't think uh i think there are still situations where you would need to pass an athletics check to stay climbing Mm -hmm. if you didn't have a climb speed but basically the same and then um hop up uh, was already there and then jumping has been reframed a bit because jump is now an action and has you know rules with randomizing the Mm way uh the way they didn't in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, well, hop, hop up is the move from prone. It's the jumping yeah. actual action that, right. you're, yeah, yeah. that you're talking about. But, yeah. but that, that bullet is also part of the 2014 athlete. Yeah. yeah, it, just, yeah. it works differently. Same concept. Right. Same, same idea. Yeah. This is a, another one that's basically unchanged other than the prereq, the fact that there's a level and, and they added con to the, 
Yeah. So yeah. basically unchanged. Uh, um, to, to go through Charger very quickly, it's mm-hmm. better in every way. Charger used to be bad and not work. Now mm-hmm. it, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, getting into every detail of that is going to take a lot of explanation. Uh, so I'm going to kind of save our <laughs> listeners that, yeah, but yeah. it's better in every way. It does have a prerequisite that you have to be proficient in a martial weapon now. And that mm-hmm. is another big through line prereq, proficient with any martial weapon. It doesn't have to be every martial weapon, mm-hmm. any martial weapon. Right. So, but I also have a feeling that not as many classes are going to be proficient in martial weapons. Well, also let's let's go through it, right? Um, we can We can safely guess that like war clerics are going to be a kind of cleric that's proficient in martial weapons mm-hmm. because that's their their concept right uh but you know bards as a group are shut out but mm-hmm. valor bards are probably going to get back in they're right. probably going to have a feature that they're stuck waiting till third level for right, let right. them use martial weapons. But I, I was just going by the, remember they moved short swords to be simple weapons. Right. right. And, and so, and, you know, that so, they're, they're, they're so, sort of so, fiddling with those things. Right. Well, so, so, so there's one class for which that matters exquisitely and extensively. Mm-hmm. That's the monk. The, the short sword was their only martial weapon previously, mm-hmm. unless you're a Kensai. Right. So, there's a lot of feats that monks are locked out of, even though they're a warrior class. Right. And but that's kind of that's kind of the point I was trying to make with this, yeah. that this yeah. proficiency actually could right. I, focus I this feat, right? I, I don't think there are going to be any other classes that are broadly locked out, but there's a feat that is just there to give you proficiency in martial weapons, mm-hmm. and I in, in a single martial weapon or something, mm-hmm. and we'll get to it later. The feat is terrible unless you need it in order to qualify for other feats, in which mm-hmm. case you seriously had to spend two feats to get where you wanted to be, and that's just an awful Which feel. is, and again, so see, now we're down that optimal build path, and so Absolutely. my response to that Absolutely. would be you shouldn't be playing a class that needs to take that feat to get the martial weapon to take the other feats you want. If that's right. what has to happen, you should be a different class. Well, honestly, they just have created a situation where there are some melee characters who are expected to be melee characters, but right. with simple weapons. But so, but, but L- then like a that, life cleric. Right. It, and it, you know, but if that person wants to be a martial weapon fighter or whatever class, but a martial we- a warrior of the martial weapons, uh-huh. but they want the ideas that are in the non martial weapon, right? The simple weapon fighter class. Uh-huh. Now there's a feat tax on them. Yep. I guess is my I, like, point. I, I agree, and that, I I don't like that. Right, I, I don't. I, I think it. I think it doesn't serve the game or any of its concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to make it a, a little bit worse, you could also just push your feat acquisition back by one level, take a level of fighter, and call it a day, which is a terrible solution, and no one should right. have to do it. Right. 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 Like multi-classing is not a better fix than mm-hmm. uh, spending a feat. Except in a literal power way, it's much better right. in a little power, literal right. power way. Um, yeah. Anyway, other uh, than that, Charger is improved and worded clearly, and and is yeah. a, a nice feat. If um, you, if it, you it's it's just so much more effective mm-hmm. than than previous. Um, the, the previous version just sort of got the whole action economy of 
um, people with extra attack wrong, and this mm -hmm. one gets it right, and right. it's that simple. Yeah. Um, so, so crossbow expert uh, shows us a big philosophical change in feats, um, and man, is that prerequisite a weird mess here, mm -hmm. right? Because part of the point of crossbows has been that you didn't have proficiency in martial weapons. For the most part, if you're proficient in martial weapons, you want to be using a longbow rather than a crossbow. But they're they're addressing that here, sort of. Mm -hmm. um, so famously, the 2014 crossbow expert is a feat well beloved by excuse me, by many builds for its second bullet point. Being within five feet of a hostile creature doesn't mm -hmm. impose disadvantage on your ranged attack rolls. Right. Which it's in this in, in this is called firing in melee. Right. But this specifies your attack rolls with crossbows. Right. So they've they've carved out mm -hmm. your spell attacks and right. your ranged attacks with other weapons, with other weapons of any kind. Mm -hmm. They've got separate feats for that. So what they're trying to do is not you know, buy a feat, get get nominal benefits that you never cared about just because you wanted one piece of it. Uh, instead, we will put those you know benefits in the places where they conceptually mm -hmm. belong. Well, so the, and uh, let me. So here's the thing about this, right? Like this is the issue with the 2014 PHB written in a more natural language as opposed to a more rules reference language. Okay. Okay. And, and also feats being explicitly sort of optional and not expected at all. And the issue is that when they wrote crossbow expert for the 2014 PHB, they probably assumed that everybody would take this as when it says being within five feet of a hostile creature doesn't impose disadvantage on your ranged attack rolls that the implication is because this is crossbow expert, it's when you're using a crossbow as your ranged attack. But of I, course, of course, knowing how RPGers are and how the game works, if you don't actually say with crossbows, like they say in this document here, then of course everybody's going to get that and exploit it, right? Because that is fabulous, not having disadvantage on a ranged attack roll because you're within fight, right? Like, so uh, what I'm saying is that I feel like the crossbow expert in the 2014 PHB was kind of half-baked because it was just in this kind of non-rulesy, you know, natural language. The feats are kind of tacked on because they're optional, and then we're done. So, we're wiping our hands with it. So I, I've been terminally online for long enough to have been there for all of – Jeremy Crawford's uh, tweets about when when rules you say reading. when you say Jeremy Crawford every time you say Jeremy Crawford or J Craw I have to put a picture of him on the video with the little J Craw above him for a moment <laughs> so <laughs> just so you know that that's what happens every time that we mention his name anyway so you've oh, been you online go. long enough <laughs> uh, but, been online online long enough to see him uh, explain you know literal reading of their rules language mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Right. Um, to feel like uh, 
so there's this, this sort of a, a I don't know a, a state of existence that's not quite fully natural language, but just hey, they went for phrasing that you know mostly makes sense to an mm. ordinary reader uh, right. without sort of too many carve outs and mm. and such, and um, I think I. I I sort of choose to believe that they knew exactly what they were doing and uh, just decided that was okay to, to have, Hey, you, you bought a feat for something that, you know, was not the, is not the core narrative function of that feat, but fine. That's how you get the benefit, whatever. Right. Um, I mean, basically, maybe. basically they had plenty of chance to errata this and didn't, uh, they could have uh, said, you know, ranged weapon attack rolls in Samarada and called it a day, and they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wasn't there. I didn't get to be in the room where it happened, and I regret that. You know, what can you, what can you do? <laughs> I'm going to make it everybody's problem. Um, <laughs> in any case, in this document, they fix it by making it explicitly with crossbows. Right. And you still ignore the loading property of crossbows. Mm-hmm. And then there's still a, an application for um, dual wielding that uh, ha- has to do with how the light weapon property has changed. Right. Uh, but it's not a bonus action or exactly. bonus action kind of Correct. effect now. Because two weapon fighting never uses bonus actions. Right. They don't want to right. lock you out of subclass functions because of two weapon fighting. Right. Well, I mean, but the, the 2014 version was was basically gave you another extra attack as a bonus action. Absolutely, right. Absolutely. And the, I guess my point is, this one does not just give you an extra attack; it's just a second attack, like the regular dual wielding is. Uh, this this functions on the ordinary scheme of dual wielding, right? The, the one in 2014. Uh, is a specific exception to the rule on dual wielding because normally dual wielding has to be melee, which crossbows for obvious reasons are not. Right, but right, but what I'm saying is also gives you that as a bonus action is my point. Well, and so right. it's you kind of this weird intersection yeah. anymore because that's all been shoved into your main attack action. Right, exactly. Um, and they're making it more explicit that you add your ability modifier to the damage of the extra attack um like that that was also the case in 2014 because they didn't say it wasn't mm-hmm. uh the way they said with the core two up and fighting rule so this winds up with the same effect except that you don't spend your bonus action right it just has to carve out different things mm-hmm. um so the uh, defensive duelist um uh gives you a point of dex now and it actually did require decks before. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, it was one of the few that had a prereq. Yep. Um, but it's basically the otherwise, same. Otherwise, the same. Yeah. Um, and and get, getting to spend your reaction to uh, make an attack miss, since you probably get to know that it will work mm-hmm. and, for, and cause that miss, is great. Um, it you know, doesn't necessarily play well with some Battlemaster maneuvers uh, because it does cost your reaction. Now, one of the main things you'd want your uh, your reaction for is repost. 
Well, repost mm -hmm. doesn't trigger until someone else has missed. So you forced a miss, but now you can't repost because you've used your reaction. It's all fine. Um, so uh, dual wielder is uh, meaningfully changed. Uh, it requires proficiency with any martial weapon now, mm -hmm. uh, which, I mean, is partially there to lock out monks, I, I suspect, uh, because the, the changes to two-weapon fighting, which we're going to get to one of these days, uh, <laughs> it, make two-weapon fighting extremely advantageous for monks. Um, it, it costs them nothing, and they can easily use weapons that scale with their uh, 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 martial arts die, mm -hmm. right? So, wow. Wow. Uh, so they're not also uh, giving you this. Anyway, uh, to look ahead to what happens with the two-weapon fighting rules and the light property, um, in this rule set, both of your weapons have to be light uh, with the feet now one of your weapons can be non-light. Um, in 2014, one of your weapons had to be light with the feet. Neither of your weapons had to be light. They just both had to be one-handed. Mm -hmm. right? um, also, uh, you get the, the quick draw benefit of uh, drawing an extra weapon. Uh, and your ability to score a point goes to strength or dex. Mostly similar, though that point of C that a uh, dual wielder gave you in 2014 is gone. Uh, and, and so that's that for you, you know, as someone buying this feat. So I want to mention that Dungeon Delver is gone. Mm -hmm. There's there's no Dungeon Delver. Um, yeah. There was also place. no alert. Uh, alert was in, uh, in, the, in the, the character, the character origin right, document. Right. right. Uh, so it, it still exists. Dungeon Delver is gone. Um, and that feat was always in a weird place where mm -hmm. uh, if you're in a campaign that is all Mega Dungeon, the feat is really good, maybe too good. If you're ever not in a dungeon, the feat <laughs> just does zero things right. and feels real bad. Uh, I played in Tomb of Annihilation where it was broken, crazy broken, so good. Um, but you know that was my first time in that situation. And otherwise, it's a feat that kind of obviously does very little mm -hmm. because secret doors just aren't common enough to make that payoff. Right. Um, but anyway, um, durable. Uh, the way durable works has changed. Uh, it is about advantage on death saves and uh, sort of quasi-regeneration as you can uh, expend your hit dice uh, as a bonus action now that's crazy good now you're gonna run a hit dice in a real hurry but uh <laughs> you also don't get to add your constitution modifier to the amount recovered mm -hmm. so you're recovering less than you would if you spent a short rest but this is a great survivability feat any way you slice it um advantage of death saves well very unlikely to roll that one a little mm -hmm. more likely to roll that 20 that's a right. lot more survivability if it if it comes down to it. Um, a little adept, basically unchanged. Um, feet's kind of still not um, good enough <laughs> overall, just because 
uh, other than fire, for the most part, there aren't enough spells of any given energy type all the way up. So it's really constraining to try to get good use out of this for anything other than fire. Um, so that gets us into Drumble, please. <laughs> Epic boons of combat and other stuff. Yeah, I sort of <laughs> blew that, but Epic boons anyway. Um, so I'll remind all of our listeners that Epic boons were previously found in the Dungeon Master's Guide. Um, and Were they considered feats uh, at that point? I mean, they were, they were they were a separate type no. of reward, right? Yeah, right. So, they're, they're a separate reward. You right. can't ever spend feed slots on them, so no, right? But and so that, that's all I'm uh, pointing out is that yeah. yes, they were from the DMG, but it wasn't like the DMG had like this hidden feet section. It was that they were presented as an alternative award, right? They're they're your you know alternate advancement mechanic mm-hmm. uh, post twenty. Right. You're still earning XP technically. So you get one of these every 30,000 XP. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's fine. doesn't come up much in mm-hmm. the total run of D&D. Um, <laughs> and uh, as we pointed out back in that DMG series, uh, you also were allowed to, um, at that point, buy ability score improvements with the new cap of 30. So that's kind of cool. Uh, or just by feats with your epic boon slots. So in that sense, yes, they were feats, right? Because <laughs> sure. you could, it, <laughs> yeah. they're feats if you have the option of otherwise buying a feat with them. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Uh, but only in that particularly, particularly tortured logic are they feats. Um, so, you know, there's a page of them, uh, the 2014 DMG, and uh, the layout's a, a bit different. Uh, so it takes a little bit more than a page, but it's still mostly the same. Um, there's a, a few that are notably missing. Uh, but what I want to say about the format of these is that uh, all but about three of them, uh, yeah, all but three of them uh, require a particular class group. And we don't see any that require the priest group. Now, that's in part because uh, in this document we care about experts. This is a document about experts. And so they're not showing us content that is only for priests. Um, we, uh, we don't see any warrior-only uh, epic boons either uh, or any mage-only epic boons. It's all stuff that is shared with, with experts or requ- doesn't require any class group prereq. Um, but uh, I don't know. Um, for the most part, I will say I don't think you, you or dear listeners benefit too much from having me just read all of these. Um, I will just say I don't necessarily think big enough for what they're, for how long you've waited to get them. Uh, as an example, the Epic Boon Fortitude gives you 40 hit points, and when you regain hit, you gain additional hit points equal to your Constitution modifier. So that's any time you get hit points back, you also also your also get to add your Con modifier. Well, the 40 is, 
is the same tough feat if you're 20th level because it's two hit points per level. So the this is the tough plus extra healing efficiency. Nice to have, but I, I don't know that it hits the boon mark in my head. Uh, mm-hmm. And maybe I'm being unfair with that, but like if this is going to be the stone that rewards you for sticking with the class for 20 levels, um, I expect more. I mean, I, I kind of agree. I, I feel like, though, because there's no prerequisite, you could be any class. You don't even have to be in a particular group, which a lot of these have uh, the prerequisite of being in a particular group, right, to get that. Uh-huh. Um, I, it does feel weak to me. I, I, I agree. Um, but, yeah. I, I just expect a 20th level feat to be better than a first level feat by a greater margin. Yeah. Then, then I get to add my con modifier to each instance of healing. Right. And by the time you're 20th level, 40 hit points is not. Well, uh, again, it's the same as the tough feat. Right. So uh, if you have it already maxed out your constitution, yeah. then you could add your constitution and gain 20 hit points, but also a point of that's pretty nice um and, and so but it, you know notably missing are things like the uh, boon of high magic which you'd kind of hope that bards would be able to qualify for uh if it mm. makes it back in that that's the boon that grants an additional ninth lot and since they have ninth level spells you'd hope they'd get to qualify but right. you know they can't really say that prerequisite is expert group because uh, I don't know, rangers and rogues. No, they, they don't even have the the sort of set of qualifications. It's it's a thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, sure, rangers suddenly have a ninth level spell slot in the primal list. Mm-hmm. Can't buy avocations, but everything else is fine. Bit weird, right? Bit weird. Um. Anyway, um, I think that's gonna most of what I need to say about epic boons. Um, I just like to see them kind of spiced up more. Um, oh wow, huh? Mm. The uh, the boon of speed actually got uh, powered down a little bit. Mm. Yeah, um, it's just you know it, the additional thing it let you do was take a bonus action dash or disengage. Uh, once per short rest. I mean, deeply underwhelming. But but now it doesn't cutting do the that. deeply underwhelming thing is not better. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not a ton of reason not to just give that right all the time, not right. per short rest. Yeah, like, I mean these these oh, feel you, you can now use something that rogues can do at second level. I mean, cool. Right. These these do feel a little bit half baked in terms of. Yeah. These epic boons, right? They feel a little bit like we were trying to sort of lay the groundwork for doing something really cool, but you know, we we're not really quite sure how everything's going to hang together quite yet. So yeah. here's some generic things, right? Yep, yeah. I agree with that. Um, I, um, I would rather that they gave like a really good epic boon example, one for each class. Sure. 
and then said, you know, here's some guidelines on how to create your own. A couple of pages of here's how to structure these and construct epic boons for your campaign, for the PCs in your campaign. Here's some guidelines, you know, here's what's too powerful and here's what's not powerful enough, right? I mean, I would enjoy that more, but they are never going to do that. That is not how that's ever going to. I mean, I, I would actually I, I reach mean, print. Let Let's have that in the DMG for six E. Then, oh, sorry, one D and D that's not first edition, um, or original, or original, or you know what? But you know what I'm saying? Like I, for oh, me, I that would be great because I would rather have that than ten very generic epic boons, right? Because I, I, I not disagree with you. It's just, not not very many of these are very good, right? right? Um. But moving past the epic boons, um, <laughs> we get into uh, fighting styles. So every fighting style is stored as a feat now. Um, and the prerequisite is first level feat, warrior group, right? Not repeatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we covered, rangers have explicit uh, permission to buy these, even though they're warrior group. Uh, and they get one of. Um, archery defense or two weapon fighting uh, for free. They don't. They don't have dueling as an option, which is a crime. Um, mm-hmm. Dueling should be awfully easy to hand out. Yeah, but I we already covered everything I want to say about um, just being too restrictive on these. Um, and I think this could be an interesting set of questions around like, so monks are warriors. But most of these uh, don't even work for them. Uh, like, could you give them archery? Sure. Do they have any business buying archery? No. Right. Uh, not not unless they're in a bow specific subclass, um, or uh, at least archery is now uh, all ranged weapons. Um, uh, you know, defense. Well, they they don't wear armor. So it doesn't mm-hmm. work for them, right? Uh, you know, dueling. Okay, dueling actually does work for them because they don't have a weapon in their other hand. They still get to two up and fight with it, though. So that's weird because mm-hmm. unarmed strikes. I don't know. Maybe their unarmed strikes don't qualify, which is kind of even weirder. Um, and then uh, great open fighting. I mean. The weapon must have the two-handed or versatile property. Uh, I guess they could use a simple weapon that's a great club or a quarterstaff. It's just weird. Mm. Um, yeah. And then protection. Well, they don't have business using shields. Um, and two-weapon fighting is, of course, very good for them if they have you know, two daggers or two short shorts. No, sure. Um, which is extremely, you know, uh, whoosh a movie. Great. Mm-hmm. Love it. But that's a lot of these that don't work for them at all. Um, One wonders if there are going to be more class-specific feats or if they're going to leave all feats as uh, either general or group-specific. Uh, I, I join you in wondering that. I, I can't really even guess where you know feat design is headed based on right. this. Um, you know, the most I can say is that they weren't headed in a more, uh, 
class targeted way really with the last feats we saw in ua before we got into the 2024 revisions mm-hmm. right because we we're looking at um giant feats for the you know uh Fizbon's treasury of dragons giants giant dragons giants you know what i mean, <laughs> you know what you mean. um or for the deck of many things themed book mm-hmm. that they've announced um though i guess cardomancy was pretty narrow actually so maybe yeah. maybe i want to retract that anyway um hard to say hard to yeah. say yeah yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I certainly join you in being curious where feet design is headed. Um, so that takes us through fighting styles. And uh, to state the obvious, it's only the fighting styles in the player's handbook. Nothing from Tasha's is getting incorporated in this document. Um, right. I do want to point out that the protection fighting style has been significantly redesigned. Um, it is a reaction triggered on a hit um, that hits a target other than you that is within five feet of you, and it imposes a penalty on the attack roll, a minus two penalty, not the full AC value of the shield, because shields can be magic, but just a minus two penalty attack roll, potentially turning it into a miss. You must be using, it must be wielding a shield to use this reaction. I've been arguing for some kind of. Uh, more solid change to protection for a long time now, um, mm-hmm. probably about six, seven years. And so I'm really happy to see this one. Um, I feel like maybe minus two is penalty is a little, um, uh, it's not much, it's a little stingy. Uh, I'd rather see it just be the AC value of the shield, but that's okay. I'm not too fussed about it. Um, I'd also kind of like to see them design a protection that lets non-shield wielders be protectors, uh, because that's a, a tanking concept that's very very much alive and well in D&D as a whole. Um, but they seem to be really fixed on protection means you have a shield. So, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Grappler. So, in 2014, uh, Grappler is one of the worst feats in the book, such to the extent that one whole bullet point of effect was eroded out uh, because it just, they changed how grappling worked. And so that one had nothing to latch on to rules wise anymore. Um, This is much better. This works with all the existing grappling rules in this document. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, and so, I mean, this does a really good job of modeling the, uh, fourth edition brawler fighter. Uh, and I say that as high praise because I love my fourth edition brawler fighter. Um, I grab people, I, I punch them while also stabbing them. I throw them into things. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of force movement options and it was great, great fun. Um, one of my best experiences in for you overall as a player was nice. uh, my, my brawler build. Um, and so, so we had issues 
if the dear listeners remember, with the way that grappling was described and how it interacted with certain different aspects of the character origins playtest document. Right. Uh, There were were things about how you break out of a grapple. Uh, This feat doesn't uh, particularly change those, uh, except that uh, fast wrestler means you aren't slowed when you move a creature grappled by you. Uh, Like Getting rid of that is nice, but doesn't clarify the uh, you know, if I'm grappling someone and the person being grappled, grappled shoves the grappler, mm-hmm. uh, you know, does that break the grapple or does, or am I moved along right. with them? And, with I, and I, thus, yeah. I thus drag the person I'm grappling with me because I'm moving. I can bring them with me while I move. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so they're going to have to get into some some very technical wording and uh, action timing to decide the case on that. Right. And I can be okay with either case uh, of either that breaks the grapple or it doesn't, but I think that leaving it ambiguous is a problem uh, because I think it is at least implied that uh, shoving the person grappling you is a a good and functional way to get out of that grapple. Um, I think it's also necessary to point out that if the, one of the only ways you break a grapple is a saving throw at the end of your turn, your turn is now over. And the next thing that's going to happen is you're going to get grappled again when the creature hits you on its turn. Right. So I was just pointing out that though this is written much better than the 2014 version. It is. It doesn't actually solve the issues that we already had with grappling as a rules change. Right. um, From the character origins document. Right. This, this is predicated on the same rules, uh, which I think are also discussed later on in this document Mm -hmm. in the the rules glossary section. Um, And uh, punch and grab is only actually any good. Uh, if you've also bought Tavern Brawler, which Tavern Brawler is a lot better than it used to be. So <laughs> like this feat pairs very nicely with Tavern Brawler. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still okay to have some room for issues with you know grappling, for sure. Um, so moving on, uh, Great Weapon Master. Well, famously, it had a uh, minus five to your attack roll, plus 10 to damage option. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that was a great way for, you know, high-level warriors to deal massive piles of damage with big honking swords and whatnot. Well, no, that's gone. Um, now you can add your proficiency bonus to damage when you have a relevant heavy weapon once per turn. That's much less interesting. It may be more balanced, but you know, plus two to plus six damage. Uh, once per turn, especially if you're a fighter getting you know three or four attacks per turn, hard to say that's as interesting as your old option. Yeah, so there's that. Yeah, um, but uh, cleave is still quite good. Um, and well, cleave the the ability of cleave that cleave is always going to be good. 
It's <laughs> yeah, it's super good. It's it's one of the things that gives you explosively good rounds, as mm-hmm. opposed to just, yep, that guy's down. We're good, you know. Um, and I've got a, a barbarian in my game who uh, is always reckless and always uh, using the minus five uh, to hit plus damage. Causes a lot of misses, but when he starts hitting, everything dies very fast. It's a uh, it's interesting time. Uh, so you know, it's interesting to see this change. Uh, Sharp also had that minus five plus ten, and we're going to see it change. So uh, they're just trying to, I think, rein in some of the the excesses um, that really make combat a lot more unpredictable. What you what you can say about heavy weapon mastery, it's a darn sight more predictable than minus five for plus ten, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so heavily armored, um, no particular change except that um, you can now add con. I mean, woo. Um, heavy armor master. Uh, it is now one d. Uh, let's see. Uh, so uh, reduced by your proficiency bonus. Sorry, um, the the change winds up being pretty minimal for most use cases. But the thing where magic damage ignored this feat in 2014 is gone, mostly because um, magic weapons as a creature trait is going away. Right, it's getting replaced with non bludgeoning, piercing, slashing damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, maybe force, maybe cold, whatever. But Magic weapons is going away, and so the carve out for magic weapons is going away. Uh, does that mean this will apply more often? Eh, sorta, because some of those creatures still do some bludgeoning, piercing, or slashing damage. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, all we have to go on is monsters of the multiverse. Yeah. Uh, Inspiring leader used to be able to give your speech, uh, you know, once per short rest, but it took 10 minutes. Now you just do this as part of completing a short or long rest. Um, and the amount of temporary hit points is greatly reduced uh, for anything but the lowest levels of play. Well, and it's a fourth level feat. So, right. You're not even getting it till fourth level. Correct. Uh, but it's 2d4 plus proficiency bonus instead of level plus charisma modifier. So your absolute best case is uh, 14 temporary hit points as opposed to 25. Uh, you know, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the The concept of keen mind is greatly changed. Instead of being... Uh, a point of intelligence and some kind of quirky stuff, but quirky stuff with some character. It's now either proficiency or expertise in arcana history, investigation, nature, or, or religion. Um, you either pick up proficiency or if you already have proficiency, you kick up to expertise. Great. And you can take the, the study action as a bonus action. I have so many issues with that one. We're going to get <laughs> to it. Yeah, I just I think that, that study is, action really kills you. I it makes me really upset because most of the time that you're going to use the study action, 
this was this won't apply because you're not in combat rounds, mm-hmm. so it doesn't do anything. So don't pretend that it's going to help. But right. when you are using study in combat, then like that's when you probably actually don't want the study to take a full action for anyone. But now you can't lower it down to bonus action or free action without taking something away from this feat. And the magic action applies for things with very long casting times in, in this document. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that again later. But, uh, but yeah, I think this one is not great for a quick study. Uh, lore knowledge is fine. I will say that listening to uh, Liam O'Brien play Caleb Widogast made me just really enjoy the trolling of Matt Mercer with which way is north and uh what time is it and uh right so what he's, recalling anything so what so what he's month. what he's talking about dear listeners is that keen mind in the 2014 PHB the 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 sort of quirky things that that they let you do was always know which way is north so you always have the right to ask your DM which way is north, and you always know which way is north, and you so the DM can't lie to you, and you always know the number of hours left before the next sunrise or sunset. So you can always ask that, right? Yep. Uh, and you can always accurately recall anything that you've seen or heard within the past month. And right. so the agreement there is – a, a tacit agreement of if the player takes keen mind in the 2014 PHB as a feat, then uh, they, the, the DM will not lie to them about that information. And the player as their PC can ask at any time they deem it important enough for the PC to ask. Right. And, and you know, that, that had character, not a lot of, power throughput mm-hmm. but that's fine uh it meant that not a lot of people want keen mind and that's okay um they're just trying to make it more appealing more of the time and yeah expertise is hugely appealing uh especially if you are for example the party wizard and you're staring at the you know rogue with expertise in arcana thinking you absolute <laughs> that's my thing well, now that can be your thing again because you can have expertise in Arcana. Great, go you. You know what I mean. Lightly armored. Uh, n- no change except that uh, the shield proficiency and medium armor proficiency are incorporated. So medium armor, the medium armored or moderately armored feat uh, is gone, mm-hmm. which is good. No one's going to miss it. Oh my lord, what an unnecessary <laughs> uh, three feet tree. Um, right. Let's see. Uh, Mage Slayer works a little bit differently. Um, and uh, Guarded Mind is an interesting case of a narrow legendary resistance for PCs. If you fail an intelligence, wisdom, or charisma saving throw, you can cause yourself to succeed instead. Once you use this benefit, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. So it is a narrow case of a legendary resistance. Not a lot of those kicking around in 5e. And that is better than most of the epic boons. Correct. That we looked at. By a fair margin. And uh, that's not even the whole feat, and it's fourth level. Also correct. 
Um, so this feat is pretty amazing now. Uh, it doesn't grant an opportunity attack when um, a creature casts a spell because casting a spell is not what spellcasting NPCs necessarily do anymore. They have so many like special actions that are spell flavored, but not actually spells that mm -hmm. it would cause arguments. So they don't right. do that anymore. <laughs> uh, but when you damage a creature that is concentrating, there's disadvantage on its uh, con save to maintain concentration. That, that part is the same. Um, but guarded mind is a big step up from advantage on saving throws against spells cast by creatures within five feet of you. Uh, except that it doesn't go all day, but man, that is that is some very decisive survival. Um, Idiom Armor Master uh, no longer lets you ignore uh, Deset on Stealth. Wait, uh, look at the prerequisite for that. Uh, prerequisite for which one? Oh, it's armor training. Uh, no, armor training. so so you already ha yeah never mind sorry yeah. i was thinking it was uh, the feet yeah me medium armor and yeah, i'm well, like oh, no 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 moderately armored yeah it's right. not that it's not that not that anymore no um it, it it used to uh let you ignore disadvantage on um stealth checks while wearing medium armor uh for you know your half plate situation uh it doesn't do that anymore unclear if that means half plate is changing or what mm -hmm. But um, you still get the you know cap at plus three dex modifier rather than plus two. Um, so uh, next in the 2014 player's handbook is mobile, which has been renamed to speedster. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll skip ahead to that one just for keeping things in some kind of order <laughs> uh, and, and like reading through my book for comparison purposes. Um, the the speed increase is now only while you aren't wearing heavy armor. Um, and dash over difficult terrain is the same. Um, the free disengage from attacking someone, or you know, not technically disengage, but still kind of a disengage, uh, is gone. Uh, and that's strange, maybe a little bit of a shame, but I don't know. That's what they did. Um, I thought it was kind of cool that it was like, encouraging hit and run by letting you run after you hit. Mm -hmm. um, so going back up, uh, mounted combatant is, I think, mostly the same. Um, yeah, it's a long one. It's it's got a lot of stuff. Um, it has actually. More bullet points than previously. Mm -hmm. um, oh, right. Uh, advantage on um, uh, wisdom animal handling checks made to handle or train other horses or beasts and play as mounts. That's a pretty nice addition to this overall. Um, it's interesting in that we're going to see the um, uh, action for uh, influencing creatures use uh, animal handling with charisma. This, mm -hmm. So it's maybe an inconsistency. You know, this is just not using the influence rules. I don't know. Maybe it's fine. Um, animal handling 
using charisma, something that rangers and druids are not known for, mm-hmm. is rough. So uh, retaining a wisdom function here is certainly mm-hmm. good for the ranger or druid in your life. Right. I like the Veer edition as well, because Leap Aside is the same as what was in 2014, but Veer is a, a nice little edition. I, I, I just I worry every time I, I see it that he's going to bargain away the homeworld. That's a Babylon 5 joke. Sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Not a show I watched, so there you go. <laughs> uh, you're hurting me bad, man. I don't watch that much TV, man. You, you were a not, nerd in the right decade. It doesn't matter. Ah, <laughs> uh, Veer. What a great character. Anyway, um, <laughs> that joke worked for some of our listeners. Congratulations, <laughs> me. Um, so uh, observant, uh, much like uh, keen mind is one of those that previously had some kind of quirky uses. Mm-hmm. Um Though uh, the plus five bonus to your uh, passive wisdom perception and passive intelligence investigation was amazing. Um, passive perception is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't technically do that anymore, though, if you get expertise or proficiency in you know, perception or investigation, your passive also goes up. So, you know. Right. L- less... Uh, instantaneous bonus in most cases but still really nice uh, and useful in more situations uh, but also uh, quick search you can take the search action as a bonus action as previous <laughs> most of the time when you're using the search action you're not in rounds you don't care about the action economy um, and what, what it has traded away is the lip reading that didn't come up a lot but it was neat when it did um, I guess you could still try to roll for that with uh, perception or something or investigation, some kind of skill, but yeah. it, it isn't explicitly allowed anymore. Um, let's see. Uh, Polar Master uh, doesn't work for uh, quarterstaffs or spears anymore. They stopped being polearms in the official rules view, which is a shame. Um, but the the 2014 polar master is weird in that the it's two different parts uh don't all use the same weapons uh the the first bullet is uh glaive halberd quarterstaff the second bullet is glaive glaive halberd pike or quarterstaff um and that kind of carve out for pike is it's weird. Seems weird. Um, it probably would have been fine letting, you know, pikes have their fun. I don't know. Um, I mean, both lists also include spear. So, uh, that okay. That's not actually in uh, the the book that's in front of me. My first printing player's handbook. So oh, I that's think funny. that was, I think it was added. Is, is yours a first printing? Mine is the foil cover, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Let me check the printing. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, first printing, October 2018. Uh, Sam, what? you and I both know that October 2018 was not the first printing of the Player's Handbook. Uh, it was the first printing of the 
foil cover probably i'm just yes. i literally yes. read that that's yeah, i'm just yeah. saying that's exactly what it says yeah. Yeah, it yeah. literally says first printing october 2018 that's sort of right yeah and, that's that's when the um, collector's edition set came out right and that and that's what i'm saying though but yeah. that's so that that's the first printing of this version of right. the book so yeah. Um, so so must, they so yeah. it's incorporated that errata that yeah. that uses spear. Anyway, this doesn't use spear. Um, Interesting, but um, <laughs> it does still have the the pole strike and uh, and reactive strike. Um, so let's see, uh, resilient, uh, no particular change. Ritual caster. Well, since everyone has the ritual mm-hmm. caster trait now this has to do something else like if you if your spell has the ritual tag you can cast as a ritual congratulations you um Mm -hmm. and now you don't create a ritual book anymore uh you just have uh, a couple of specific spells you can cast as rituals um and you have to choose one of the three lists uh they're always prepared for you and you can cast the many spell slots you have um and then uh, once per long rest, you can cast a ritual spell on its ordinary casting time instead of its extended casting time. Um, this previously was uh, Intelligence or Wisdom 13+. Now it's Intelligence, Wisdom, or Charisma 13+. The Warlocks, Sorcerers, and Bards in your life, thank you a little bit. <laughs> um, also, I guess the really ca- charismatic rogues and fighters and such. It's fine. Um, but yeah, this is this has changed. I missed the ritual book. I thought that was cool because you could keep gathering more rituals. Um, so I, I, you know, I yeah, said last time only, how much I love is, this. Is two you get two right first uh, level right? And, and I've talked about how much I love the spell chase game, and cutting it out of this feat also is nothing to make me worry for the wizards in my life. What can I say? <laughs> um. Let's see, Sentinel. Um, Sentinel is a little bit different, uh, though it's mostly in that uh, uh, some of the benefits got boiled down into one benefit. I think its its real function is changed, uh, is, is unchanged. Sorry, um, and also it now grants strength or dexterity because see previous. Um, so. Sentinel requiring proficiency in a martial weapon is definitely very rough for monks. I definitely feel like there are a lot of monks out there who are shut out by this. And maybe they'll have a specific feature, you know, for martial arts that is you can buy feats that otherwise require proficiency in a martial weapon, right? That could be a thing. But then you're, you've still left out, uh, you know, melee clerics other than war, and that's probably an unhelpful doubt. They they shouldn't really have to go an extra mile to get something like Sentinel that is mm-hmm. very much on message for them. So I just I think it's kind of a waste of time uh, to to have done all this, like. If someone who didn't have proficiency in martial weapon wanted to buy this, what does that hurt? It's not great for them. They're not really meant to be mixing up in melee in most cases. But like deciding that the rules need to say no, you may not 
is not great. It's not helping much of anything, in my opinion. I, I don't see why they've made this change. I don't see the mechanical need for it. And I, I think that kind of change does have to justify its existence to a fairly rigorous standard. You know, I'm I, I'm curious what the extent. I mean, I I don't play fifth edition with feats, mm. right? And I'm I'm curious to what extent other tables use feats in their fifth edition game. All of my games use feats. Every single game I have. Okay, yeah, but uh, you're one person, and I'm sure. one person. But yeah, right. no, I, I I don't claim to be more than that. Uh, I think they've done. Uh, surveys through D and D Beyond, and I, I believe that they've had surveys that ask the question: Does your table use feats? And my understanding is, uh, really, a lot come back: No, we don't use feats. Right. So my sense is that, I mean, here's here's where I'm going with this. I, I wasn't trying to call you out and say, "Well, you're only one person." I was. I just meant it in terms of. I really, I'm interested in the numbers because. Here in this version of the game, they're making feats not optional. Yeah. So because they're not optional, the game is going to, um, you know, the, the gameplay means that, and the, and the character creation means that people are going to now be using feats. And every table, if they're playing by the rules, are going to use feats. Well, so... No one's going to force you to buy a feat rather than ability score increase, right? But that's a but isn't isn't that not repeatable? That ASI is not oh, it's, repeatable. It, it's absolutely repeatable. Is it? Let me. Oh, I see. It is repeatable. Okay. All right. So, well, but even so, even so, sure. I, I think that the idea uh, here's the thing, right? Here's where I'm going with this: that because now they're not optional. They have to, they think, constrain what the feats can do because they don't want any uh, shenanigans, basically. They they want to limit the feat choice because they don't want to have a fourth edition situation where you've got 1,300 feats to choose from. Uh, I'm, putting, not, I'm not sure I see how this gets them there. Putting prerequisites uh, on the feats limits uh, your feet choice numbers that's how uh yes but that's not what reading a book works like um because you probably uh you probably have a lot of more a lot more moments of disappointment of oh well that that feet does a really cool thing that i would like but right. no i don't qualify so so i think that i think that generates bad feels more than any other outcome I'll tell you why I disagree with you. Because a lot of people don't bother to read the book anyway. They go to D&D Beyond and they build the character. And when they select their class or whatever, or and that determines whether they have proficiency with that thing, it doesn't even show them that thing they don't qualify for. Um, yeah, that's this could be true for some users, sure. I think a great portion. I think there's a reason that Wizards of the Coast bought D and D Beyond. There's a lot of reasons they bought D and D Beyond, and we'll right. We'll, and we'll see I how think, that all folds out. I think one of those reasons is because a lot of freaking people use it. Sure, 
Sure, sure, and sure. and you know you know when you when you use D and D Beyond and when you when you use Roll Twenty for example, which has D and D Beyond you know incorporated into it, right? If you use that character mancer, whatever they call it, it it doesn't just show you everything. If you you know if you tell it you you, you know you yeah. want to choose a feat that you that you qualify for, it's not going to show you everything. Right. If you only read feats at level up, for sure. Sure. You, right, and I guess what I'm you know, going shopping yeah. for feats, and it isn't level up time. You're just going poking around, sure. and you're reading the whole list of feats, and right. you get what I see as some some feels bad moments. Yeah, and and I'm not disagreeing with that part of it. I'm just saying that I think that the way that most, maybe not most, but I can't say most because I don't know the numbers. The, uh, admittedly, sure. I don't know the numbers, but I think that the way that a lot of people interact with the game material is so different from the way that you and I interact with it, maybe for different reasons. Me, because I'm a little bit of a Luddite and I I like my paper books, right? I don't want to go on D&D Beyond just to make a character. Like I, I'll do um, by hand, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm taking that a little far. I'm not really against D&D Beyond. I use it, you know, whatever, right? I've used it. It's fine. Sure. Um, but I think that, I, th- I think the vast majority of younger people who are getting into the game use it instead of, reading the book right Maybe. i know a lot of people who have never read the rules yeah. they just make their character on D D beyond yeah yeah that's and, definitely a thing yeah and and i and i think that you know I, i'm not making a value judgment there or anything like that i'm just saying that if that's true that's probably going to be true of the next edition as well and sure. that means that that so for me, the reason I don't, the reason I would have the bad feel thing that you're talking about is I would, re- I I have been known to read a PHP cover to cover, right? Yeah. Um, and and you're you as a designer and as somebody who, I mean, this is your bread and butter, right? Like this is what yep. you're working with. You you it, you you are vastly benefited by knowing these and and by being able to think through these and work with these and see immediately their drawbacks and the and their you know, their benefits and their potential, right? I, I don't think that that is typical of the majority of players of the game right now or of the next edition. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to discount your consternation or, or your, um, your idea that there's going to be some bad feels, but I just think that the amount of people that are going to have the bad feels about it is, is minuscule compared to the people that aren't even going to ever notice. Um, you know, fair. Um, it's fair. So moving on into sharpshooter, uh, I mentioned earlier that this has gotten a uh, ground up redesign mm-hmm. and it has, um, firing into melee is now also part of this feat. Um, notably, it applies to range attack rolls with weapons, just range attack rolls with weapons, not just crossbows. Hmm. Um, so that's a thing, and that's what they're stuck with because sharpshooter is also going to apply to thrown weapons and mm-hmm. such. So there you go. Um, it still lets you ignore cover, um, and it still lets you uh, uh, avoid disadvantage on. Uh, long-range tech mm-hmm. rolls with, right. with with range weapons. That's um, that same firing into melee that you saw in the crossbows, except it's now with weapons instead of just with crossbows. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also the the minus five plus ten is is just completely gone. Mm-hmm. Right, um, non-existent now. <laughs> yep. 
Um, so, you know, that that's a thing. Um, it's, it's still good though. It's still good because of that bypassing the cover and the, and the, uh, right. I, I mean, I, I have always hated the bypassing cover part of this feat mm-hmm. uh, from right. 2014 on. Sure. Because I think that as soon as you give the archer a function that says cover doesn't work against me, mm-hmm. DM stop including cover for it to uh, not right. be affected you, by. You you end up with the ranger problem that we talk about, yes. right? Uh-huh. Exactly. Or you've you have made it so that and and something doesn't uh it doesn't it's not no longer an obstacle or challenge so now it just doesn't exist in the world exactly yeah um i I think that's just a logic problem with approaching rules Mm -hmm. on a you know full negation level right uh i don't like it because it defies my suspension of disbelief sure right Uh, like Yes, it's great if your DM remembers to still give you cover to avoid, mm-hmm. but there's there becomes this sense of, huh, uh, yeah, my monster hides behind cover. No, it doesn't. <laughs> right. Well, great. It hides behind total cover. Cool, my feet doesn't work. Right. That's yeah. that's rough. Um, Shieldmaster uh, is changed a little bit. Uh, in that there was always a timing issue with Shield Bash that there were tons and tons and tons of online conversations about because you had to use the attack action before you gained the bonus action option of mm-hmm. using the shield to shove or knock down. Um, well, it doesn't involve a uh, bonus action at all anymore because of all the reasons that fighting doesn't involve bonus action Mm -hmm. um but uh the first time you hit you can also immediately shield bash if you have extra attack then maybe that means you you hit knock down now you have advantage for the rest of the turn Mm -hmm. um but they they want to make you actually commit to the attack sequence in some way before you can knock someone down with your shield um you know, yeah, that's not what the player optimally wants. They want that prone advantage on every single swing mm-hmm. for kind of obvious reasons. The rules don't want that. <laughs> it's a lot. It's really, really good. Right. So let's not get that twisted. That's what that's about. Um, <clears throat> and then um, interpose shield. Uh, is a you know spend your reaction uh you know shield only uh evasion like effect um you, you take no damage on a successful save um and yeah on a failed save you, you still take full damage so it isn't fully evasion like but it, it's partial evasion um but you, it's very uh, it's very fantasy. I'm blocking this the dragon's breath with my single shield. Which yeah, is, it, it, it's it's a it's, it's nice classic like yeah. moment from exactly. Sleeping Beauty, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it doesn't do anymore is uh, let you add your shields AC bonus to uh, deck saves, which I mean that's rough. That is something you absolutely needed if you're mm-hmm. a fighter or paladin tank, right? Right. Because you're not proficient in deck saves, and 
you might not even have very good decks to go along with all that. So, <laughs> in fact, you probably don't have a very good decks. <laughs> right, assuming you're not yeah. a a you know rapier and shield type, which mm-hmm. is a valid approach. Sure. Um, so we're getting close to the end here. I'm going to try to power on through this. Um, so Skulker uh, is um, a little weird now. Um, Fog of War just gives you advantage on uh, stealth checks made as part of the hide action during combat all the time. Um, That feels strange to me. Um, It also means that this doesn't stack with uh, Supreme Sneak, which did the same but doesn't require combat. Um, And uh, So I mean, uh, so here's the the 2014 Skulker was. Yeah. Uh, if you're lightly obscured, uh, oh yeah, you can try to hide. Uh, when you're hidden from a creature and miss it with a ranged attack, the so, so, attack doesn't reveal you, right. and then dim light doesn't impose disadvantage on your perception checks. Right. So, so the dim light thing has been changed into you have 10 foot blind sight, which is incredible yeah that is amazing you you are immune to like invisible melee opponents that's 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 amazing. that is straight amazing that makes the um, feet right there <laughs> absolutely it does lord <laughs> yes Holy that crap. is a good buy with yes. no other functions yeah uh to me anyway mm-hmm. um then uh like uh fog of war you get to make a stealth check right. as a hide so, and you get yeah. advantage that's that's the replacement for the for the first bullet for right. the first one yeah you can try to hide when you're lightly obscured yes yeah. and and then sniper is uh just right. the same as the Doesn't second end. yep yeah so yeah. this feed is amazing still, it's still so, an a plus yeah right Th- though you need to be the right kind of character to right. bother with it yeah um really really great for rangers mm-hmm. just surpassingly great for rangers which you'd expect from the name and it's going to be a really great purchase for non-thief rogues once right. there are once there are non-thief rogues right yeah as there will obviously be um spell sniper uh, used to grant you a uh, a cantrip that you would do your sniping with uh, it doesn't do that anymore because you have to be a spellcaster or have the pack magic feature just to buy this. So that's their way of making sure you can use it, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it bypasses cover again. Uh, it, it has casting in melee, so it doesn't put you know, advantage on attack rolls uh, and spells. Yeah, the the bypassing that. cover doesn't strike me as as it, it doesn't uh, kill my suspension of disbelief in this case because it's a spell already. Whereas sure. the other ones, like oh, your arrow bends around that tree and goes 180 degrees to to get around that, and you know. Well, so it it was never uh, avoiding total cover, right? It doesn't have to bend around the tree. It's just that little piece of it sticking out. I shoot that. Yeah, I know, um, but still, it just yeah. Sure. Um, well, like the thing with spell sniper is that all of those force saving throw spells don't care about cover, right? Right. So this is kind of as much as it frustrates me creating parity for spells with spell attacks. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I still don't yeah. like that it gets rid of cover as 
a meaningful mechanic other than total cover. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like that part either, and I didn't like it in the other one. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just commenting on the suspension of disbelief part in yeah, terms yeah. of the bypassing cover is not uh, as big a deal to me. Um, uh, and then instead of doubling a spell's range, uh, it is uh, plus sixty feet to the range mm. if the spell has a range of at least ten feet. Right, and and that is specifically about um, handling those. Uh, uh, like any spell with a five foot range mm-hmm. doesn't have its range increased. There, there mm-hmm. is a number of cantrips, especially that are, are five foot range and they want to uh, avoid any complications there with things that are supposed to be essentially touch range or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Your mm-hmm. melee cantrips are not supposed to be affected by this. And that's how they handle that. Um, and Warcaster is basically unchanged, except that now it grants an ability score point. Uh, one of the absolute best feats for many kinds of spellcaster mm-hmm. got a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Slauncha, to your health. It's amazing. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, the, the specific rule for somatic components uh, where you have to like do something with your either your weapon or your shield that freehand for casting is a rule we were really bad about ignoring anyway mm-hmm. because uh, my whole group are, are LARPers and we're actually used to tucking a weapon under one arm to you know cast a packet or whatever for a spell so we don't think about that like our image of a caster admits to yep I have a you know, sword and a shield and them casting spells <laughs> just right. as a default thing. So we're really bad about ignoring that rule. Um, I mean, yeah, whatever. It's I fine. Find that, yeah. it, 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 it turns out to not be the least bit important to game balance. Just yeah. 0% important. Um, I'm always I, one of those people who, when someone says, oh, I, I want to just grab a new weapon out. Like, I'm, yeah, fine, whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, yeah. to me, that should not be you know, that shouldn't cost you your turn. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, and as long as you're not doing it multiple times a turn in 2014, it doesn't because of the interacting with objects free action. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, what I mean. So yeah. if you stow a weapon and get a new one, that should be fine. Uh-huh. So why does it, you know, if a, if a caster wants to put their, club away or whatever yeah. to, to get out a, a component like that's not that should be fine right but it took it took a feat to do it you know so anyway. yeah um then finally we have weapon training uh you gain martial weapon proficiency whoa uh <laughs> i guess that constitutes proficiency in all all martial weapons so okay but for the most part if so is you, this is this a replacement for weapon master then? Yes, yeah, this is replacing. Weapon but because master. they changed the category, so now it's martial weapons. Well, it, I mean, it was always uh, four, four, of your four, choice, four weapons right? of your choice. Yeah. You were never going to choose a simple weapon for this because you already right. had proficiency for almost every class, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. yeah. So that makes sense, yeah. So, so <laughs> like, I guess it's all martial weapons, and that's great and all it's just that for so many characters that's 
not a lot of change. Like mm-hmm. there are some melee clerics who are very happy about this. And I misread this the first several times I read it and thought it was not all martial weapons. But like the you gain martial weapon proficiency phrasing is I, I have to assume what that means, right? Because I don't we don't have a lot of a lot to go on for mm. what that phrasing means exactly. I'm looking at the ranger to see how they phrase it there. Yeah. Uh that says they have, you know, uh, proficiency, weapons category, martial weapons, but that's a more obvious, consistent phrasing. I don't know. I assume it means all martial weapons. Certainly it makes the feat less bad. Yeah, I- I'm assuming it does. And, you know, if that means that uh, your, uh, your your cleric friend who wants to can I don't know, use a halberd or whatever. That's fine. No one cares. Um, the the, the yeah. whole like flavor note around uh, clerics use weapons that don't shed blood has been pretty much dead on arrival since uh, early third ed, I would say. So is it uh, even in third ed? Yeah, you're, you're proficient in simple weapons, you know, yeah. not bladed ones. Uh, it's fine. Um, anyway, um, that takes us to the end of feats. Uh, I, we've already said a lot about spell lists in <laughs> a previous episode, so um, I, I don't really want to like go through and list everyone that applies categorically. Um, this is about changing things to work appropriately for either the um, excuse me, uh, the bard or the ranger or both. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the healing has moved to abjuration. Uh, all of the do a bunch of sonic the thunder damage, like sonic themed stuff or shaking it apart themed stuff is moved to transmutation like earthquake. So earthquake is totally a bard spell now. I don't know that it was before. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not looking it up. Um, and uh, like uh, stone skin is moved to transmutation uh, out of abjuration. Um, reincarnate is in necromancy. You know, okay. Um, but most of what you have here is uh, spell lists where you're doing a lot of difficult lookup to um, find spells that you can prepare if you're using the books. And you know your point about D&D Beyond is fair. I really desperately hope we don't wind up with a game where I need to use the D&D Beyond interface to find the spells I can possibly prepare uh, because that's actually incredibly miserable and awful to go scrolling through all the spells that way. Um, but also in a book that's, it's terrible uh, because yeah, I you, mean, you don't have only this, only the schools you can use already separated out. So, well, so, you know, that, that'll be the first one D and D D and D DMs guild 
product, right? Sure. So making those lists. Right. Uh, my point is just that really highlights a, a, a deep fundamental problem in the boil things down to three lists mm-hmm. scheme, right? right. Mm-hmm. That, that is a serious usability problem for the book if it's presented the way it's presented in this document to me. Um, like, I can do it. It's just yeah, so unpleasant and kind of eye-bleeding that right. I shouldn't have to. Yeah. Again, D&D Beyond. Right. I'm just, you know. The, the book solution to things should not be, they'll just use D&D Beyond. That's... I- I am acceptable. You know, I am in total agreement with you there. Right. I'm just saying that I also, I I also believe that, you know, that's a little bit of the direction, at least a little bit of the direction they're going, if not a lot of the direction they're going, because that is how the people of today consume media. So, you know, there's an app, there's a program, Uh. there's a browser thing, go get it. Right. It's that's gross. I'm I'm just I'm just saying, like that's you know, the digitization of the game. And, you know, it pushes us towards, you know, a direction I don't particularly enjoy, but you know, I'm almost fifty and I understand that I don't consume media the same way that other people do. And, you know, so there you go. Yeah. Um yeah. So so in our next episode, because <laughs> yeah, it's a four episode series, folks. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, it was a forty page document. Yeah, <laughs> thirty seven friggin' pages. Yeah. Uh, next time we're gonna get to the rules glossary, and um, that's gonna be a lot. There's a lot to discuss there. Yeah. Because there's a lot of little changes. Um. Yeah, that's what I have to say. <laughs> um it's it's been fun talking through the feats with you sam um you know there's a lot of little picky changes it's mm-hmm. gonna make it really hard to remember you know in the middle of a session without looking in looking stuff up every time right uh well, that's true that's, for any minor revision yeah, right for sure and the, and the thing is though that the, some of these revisions are minor but they make a huge difference though Sure. Uh, the, the, the the way it's written is is much more strict yeah. feeling yep. than the 2014 final product, right? Which part of that is because it's a draft and part of it's because they're 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 trying to figure out how to express the rule set in the way that's going to produce the type of play that they want to produce. Yeah. But again, we still have the issue of, okay, but when they get feedback on this in two weeks or whenever, the end of October, how many people will have played with these? Yeah. Right. And and we'll have we'll have, you know, a considerable amount of the previous time when I had the actor feet, I could do this. And now with this new one, I can do that. And am I going to be able to leave meaningful feedback about that? Right. Sure. Like that's, that's the issue for me. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of questions about just, um, Hey, so D and D beyond, are you going to keep supporting maybe non-revision 5e? Mm. Is that, is that a thing? Because 
we sure paid for all that content. Do you really uh, have a question about that? Well, yeah, I do. I I need to know if I mean this every is, single campaign is going to get broken. Get by, yeah, I mean, you know, this is this is this is the thing, right? Like this this was my problem with this format yeah. from the beginning was, you know, when you have, you know, content like this that is housed digitally and you're purchasing it to use it on a particular proprietary platform when that platform goes kaput or somebody decides that they no longer want to show that particular item on that platform it turns out you didn't buy it you were renting it yeah and that's just the that's the that's the reality of the situation so and that's been my you know rallying war cry against digital only things for well, a long time. I'm not anti PDF. I'm not anti computers. I mean, I use no. computers every single day of my life. Like I'm not, I am, I'm not, I, I joked earlier. I said I was a Luddite. I'm not really a Luddite. I use computers extensively and have for a very long time and I embrace new technology. However, Sam, you were actually a computer programmer, right? <laughs> I, I was a, I was a, a, a technician. Actually. Technician. Okay. A technician. Okay. Um, yes. I, I, I'm not I'm not anti-computer, but what I'm saying is that for tabletop RPGs, the tabletop experience itself is very important to me. It's part of the reason why I had a problem in COVID with everything moving to VTTs and everything that's in VTTs. And on one hand, I love the fact that I could still play my beloved games. Yeah. And on the other hand, I'm crying and 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 on and on another hand i've got three hands here i've got the one that's i could still play the games and then on the other hand i've also got and now not only can i play them with my local friends i can play them with people around the world now i've made friends around the world right yeah. but also then on the third hand the bad hand right is the idea of but is this my tabletop game and the answer is no fundamentally it still is because it's the rules and the people sitting down at the table or in front of the computer that make the game what it is. And I get that. And I'm all for that. I'm a proponent of it. Right. But on the other hand, there's still this aspect of if everything goes fully digital, there's an issue. And this is one of the issues. The issue is if you quote, buy something and you know, Somehow the people who make that thing or released that thing or hosted that thing on their platform either go belly up or they sell their stuff and, you know, the new company who owns it isn't going to host it anymore or isn't going to let you see it anymore. Or for whatever reason, it, you aren't getting that thing in PDF form that you could download and actually have and print out and have a copy on in, in your hand. Well, then as soon as that person decides or that company decides that they're not going to make that accessible to you anymore, then you didn't own it. Yeah, mate. I uh, was on Google Plus for its yeah. entire run. Right. I do know. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just, you know, th and this is this is the issue with our new digital future, right? Yeah. And, you know, everything is a subscription model is one problem. And things that are not fully downloadable content but are accessible digitally can also be turned off. And that's an issue. If you're paying for it, it's an issue. So, you know, I, I hear you. 
I hear you that, you know, and, and one would hope. So here, here's, so here's the thing, two pieces of evidence. Okay. When they discontinued Volos and, uh, what was the other one they discontinued the two monster books uh volos and the original morton canons right in D beyond they didn't just make them disappear they left them as legacy books and if you had purchased them previously you could still get access to that information yep i don't know if you hadn't purchased them previously if you if you still even saw them i don't know if they like showed up for you at all um so that's a good that's a good sign, right? That they they could do that for for all fifth edition products once the new edition comes out. What do they call it? One D and D sixty, D and D forever, whatever they call it, right? Whatever, yeah. whatever they call it. Um, that's a good sign, right? If if that if 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 past is prologue, right? Like so, you know, we'll see. The second thing that's also uh, good is you know when fourth edition went the way of the dodo, they actually kept D and D Insider open for subscribers. For, for years. For, for several years, yes. Several years. And the only reason that they actually stopped keeping it open is that the Silverlight platform that the the different builders were, were based on uh-huh. was no longer supported by Microsoft, which is the company that makes it. Yeah. So they literally couldn't that they would have had to either translate those programs, spend a lot of resources turning those into something on a different platform. For a game that's not even in, it's not the, you know, that was fourth editions. Hadn't been in development or be actively designed for, for years. Yeah. Or they had to cut that out and just say, send out a notice saying, you know what, to our dear subscribers, we're really sorry, but here's what's happening. And so after such and such a date, this will no longer be supported. Yep. Um, but it was literal years. I mean, there were. Oh, you know, I, I remember it yeah. when, it, when it, uh, it was taken down. It's yeah. just I'm playing in a fourth edition game now, and mm-hmm. let me tell you, fourth edition does not run the same if <laughs> if you don't D&D have access Insider to those tools. Is not yeah. a thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, now that game is is hacked sure. enough that it's okay, but yeah. my my point though was that's a good sign, right? No, no, I agree with that you. they were still supporting an old edition fully, right? Right. So, yeah. So we'll see. Just, we'll see. Uh, I do think it would be a a major um, PR nightmare for them to discontinue, um, you know, 2014 fifth edition uh, on D and D Beyond. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. say anytime in the next ten years. Right. Would would be a, a, a PR nightmare. Uh, just because, you know, taking away purchased content is not a good look. Right. Yeah. You know, and this, this not this... selling content anymore mm-hmm. is a different matter. Right. right? right. Oh, sure. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. But with PDFs, they've shown that they are willing to mm-hmm. sell old content on the DMs Guild. Right. Well, and that was the other thing I was going to say is it's possible that as they sunset the items on D and D beyond, they might put the PDF on DMs guild and let you buy it. Yeah. And in that case, you know, that might be something that they, they end up, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I'm just staying possibilities. Now I have no idea what they're really going to do. I don't, I don't have high hopes for it though. Because also, Wizards of the Coast has a has a history of making some bad decisions, 
Right. Yeah. Don't, um, don't love all the decisions. That's, that's yeah. Sure. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, it's a thing. And I think we're just not going to know until it happens. Yeah. So anyway, well, any final thoughts about feats? Uh, I mean, we've, we've covered what I have to say. Uh, I think that uh, if your group just really doesn't like feats, it's still fine. Just like you're going to have to deal with it mm-hmm. for first level because you just do. Yeah. Um, and then at fourth level and beyond, I mean, you're off to the races with ability score increases, you know, for, for, from here to forever. Do your mm-hmm. thing, man. It's fine. Uh, for for those people. Well, I'm uh, I, I'm curious how much they're going to work feats and feat purchasing and and feat trees into the character classes and subclasses. Right. Uh, like right now, all we see is one, you know, class feature mm-hmm. fighting styles that is stored as feats. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, you're gonna have to go to the feat section. Uh, you can't go ahead and you know glue that section of your book shut. You have to go to the feet section to <laughs> look up those rules. Oh yeah, you just watch me, Mister Stoddard. <laughs> I I stand corrected. <laughs> Give me that Elmer's glue. <laughs> no, I mean I, I hear what you're saying, and the thing is, like if if it's yeah, I, there's a lot of ways it can go. I'm I'm not I'm not sure yet how it's going to yep. go. So. I think it's, in other words, I think it's unclear based on the documents we do have. Yeah. We're going to need a couple more of the class categories first. Yep. Uh, and see how that comes together. The warrior one mostly, right? Right. Well, and there's going to be all kinds of stuff that is going to look pretty different once mm-hmm. we see even a second rogue subclass. Right. 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 Yep. Because, um, you know, one of the things about this rogue is that it is a very constrained combat loop. There's not a, a space for, uh, you know, I spend my extra effort thing now. Right. You know, th- this is my moment to go extra hard. Mm-hmm. The thief definitely doesn't have anything like that. Some other subclasses might, right? Yep. Because the thief is an explorer. I'm, I'm getting back into a previous episode, but I've been thinking about the rogue a lot and how their combat loop works. Uh, and so it was on my mind. Yeah. Well, so let's clear, let's, let's end this now. And why don't you tell yeah. the audience where people can find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Brandis Stoddard. Uh, I write for tribality.com. My personal blog is brandisstoddard.com and my Patreon is Brandis Stoddard. How about you, Sam? You can find me on the web at rpgmusings.com. You can also find me on Twitter at DM Samuel, and you can find me on YouTube at RPG Musings and on the Tome Show's Discord. And with that, I think we will bid you adieu and talk to you next time. <laughs>